The way we consume and share news today, it is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online uh, from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're now joined by Hyosan via Zoom. Good morning, Hyosan. Good morning and happy Friday. Happy Friday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's nothing new, I suppose. It may be expected, especially post-pandemic. People are, you know, excited to travel more. And we did see an influx of tourists in Korea. But uh, the question has changed. What are some of the most popular attractions in cities across the country? Turns out museums. That's where it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. South Korea has uh, stationed itself as a very popular tourist destination for many international travelers and especially with k-culture including food uh, music drama and as, and also cosmetics gaining popularity worldwide but did you know that museums across the country are now attracting more and more international tourists i didn't hear on but now i know <laughs> <laughs> this is really interesting uh, the national museum of korea in yongsangu district central seoul for instance has witnessed a whopping 170% jump in the number of yearly international visitors as of October this year. Uh, This number surpassed 142,000 as of October, a significant jump from some 52,000 last year. On average, this means about 600 international visitors uh, per day visit the museum. And this museum, as you know, which spans uh, three floors and six galleries, has now become a notable uh, tourist destination here in Korea, especially after BTS filmed their Dear Class of 2020 speech uh, before performing a medley of songs. Mm. And also backed by the popularity of K-culture, of course, uh, the National Hangul Museum in central Seoul is also attracting more and more international visitors. It says there um, were over 14,000 international visitors as of September this year, which is an increase by more than 8.2% compared to year 2019, when it had actually a record high number of foreign visitors. And in addition, uh, other museums around the country, for instance, the Gyeongju National Museum, is also becoming increasingly popular among foreign tourists. A curator there at the museum says she can actually feel a sharp increase in the number of international visitors, adding that some 6,200 foreigners visited the museum this year as of September, a jump by over three folds compared to the same period of last year. So it's not just BTS, is it? Because you named the three different museums in three different parts of the country. And frankly speaking, uh, K-pop is wonderful. And I've covered K-pop for many, many, many years. So believe me (laughs) when I say I understand its reach. But uh, I think when we travel, we want to see more than just pop culture, right? Not to say it's shallow, but we just want a little bit more. And I'm glad that international tourists understand we have museums too. All right. I'm sure I'm not the only want to say that I'm very happy to see that Korean history and the Korean language is finally getting some spotlight. Uh, the resumption of international travel must have contributed to the influx too. 
Yes, right, Alina. Uh, the post-pandemic travel uh, boom, of course, plays a very significant role in attracting more foreigners to the country. And what's interesting is that after the pandemic, especially, we are seeing international visitors from more diverse countries coming to Korea. Uh, traditionally, most of them were from neighboring China or Japan or even South e- uh, Southeast Asian countries. But now more Westerners are choosing Korea as their uh, travel destination as well. And guest house owners here in Korea also say there are now visitors from all across the world, including Europe and even all the way from Latin America. They also say, uh, this is really interesting, they also say that many of them uh, have a very good level of Korean language skills. And when they're here, they really want to test out their skills because I had like my brother's friends, extended families Uh of friends coming in, and all of them want to speak to me in Korean. I thought, uh... (laughs) (laughs) it's time to test their skills yeah i i understand the sentiment (laughs) and for our local listeners if you haven't been to the national museum of korea which is so close to us here on arirang station it's a massive venue Mm -hmm. and there's so Mm -hmm. much to see and if not for anything else the open space there is is so exciting i've seen weddings too right (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right let's move on to our second buzzword of the day Uh, did you know that south korea is ready to introduce a set of green license plates but it has nothing to do with the environment (laughs) yes uh, corporate cars worth over 60,000 US dollars will now be obliged to have a light green colored license plate Uh, the Ministry of Land Infrastructure and Transport said Thursday that this new regulation will take effect from January 1st of 2024 and this is part of President Yoon Sung-yeol's ambitious goal of preventing tax evasion, actually. Uh, one of his campaign pledges were uh, changing the, co- uh, the color of number plates of company-owned cars from the current white ones to the light green ones to make them distinguishable from personal cars. Uh, this is intended to prevent business owners from evading taxes by purchasing luxurious supercars as vehicles owned or leased by a business, but end up using them for just personal purposes. Mm. Uh, The plan also comes amid a reduction in the number of new cars registered in Korea by an annual average of 1.3% over the past uh, five years, but actually an increase in the number of vehicles registered under corporate names Mm. by 2.4% during the same period. I remember the conversation that ensued after the set of statistics we'll get to in just a moment, but what color to make this license plate was a point of discussion, right? I was just a little yeah. bit surprised to see it be green. Green ones. <laughs> it's kind of misleading, isn't it? But anyway, it that's perhaps not the point of today's discussion topic. There were these set of alarming figures back in 2022, a report published by the Korean Automotive Manufacturers Association that said... Eight out of 10 supercars purchased in the country were registered to a company last year. So overwhelming majority was not technically allocated for personal use. Now, we hope the new plan will serve its role and prevent people from evading taxes. But it looks like the scope of this new rule has been scaled back from its original plan. What changed? What is this about? 
Mm -hmm, yes. Uh, as I've just explained, the rule will only be applied to corporate-owned vehicles, which are worth more than 60,000 U.S. dollars. And it will also be only applied to cars that are newly registered after the regulation comes into effect, so which is uh, January 1st of next year. Uh, however, earlier this year, uh, when the ministry held its public hearing on the regulation, uh, they did not mention the value of the vehicles, uh, and the starting date actually has uh, been pushed back from its original plan as well. And to this, the ministry explains that it has carried out uh, diverse and multifaceted review uh, to make sure that the rule is practical and feasible. And while it hopes to uh, that this rule will prevent businesses from evading taxes, the ministry also did add that it does not want to see any contracted business activities uh, just due to this uh, new regulation being introduced. All right. Come next year, we'll see more light green license plates owned by businesses. Um, however, <laughs> we'll wait and see if this, when it's realized, uh, has the desired effect. And Hyosan, I know you're not in Seoul as we speak. But yesterday was the hottest November morning we've had ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it, it was so confusing that I changed my outfits three times throughout the day. <laughs> um, weather peculiarities, I suppose, was expected with climate change. But what comes next is apparently smog. Yes, my family's back in Korea. They're also uh, very worried about this fine dust and smog coming because they know it is coming. Mm. And the fine dust and dirty haze are an annual ordeal, actually, that uh, Northeast Asia has been dealing with very long time. And it looks like the time has come for this year as well, uh, because authorities in China have issued their highest warnings for fog and haze as smog blanketed major cities of northern China. I saw some pictures coming out of Beijing. Uh, it was the sky was invisible. It was just gray, thick layers of smog. And warning uh, the public of a drop in visibility, eight of their highways, including those connecting major cities like Beijing and Harbin, have actually been shut down. Uh, and this round of thick gray smog uh, falling over Beijing and other neighboring cities have been witnessed from late last month uh, following the end of the 2023 Belt and Road Forum held in China. And experts also cite the normalization of industrial activities across China uh, after the pandemic as one of the major reasons of such thick smog also being visible again. Uh, the six-layer air quality index was raised to four and even five for the northern Hunan province earlier this week. Uh, this comes as the government of Beijing municipality issued the orange alert, mm -hmm. second only to red. Uh, it also advised its citizens to stay indoors and avoid outdoor activities uh, if possible. And the winds will bring uh, this thick smog over to South Korean Peninsula very soon. How can we better prepare ourselves from the severe levels of toxic flying dust pollution this autumn? Uh, am I bringing out my face masks again? Molina, it is extremely sad and even miserable just to think about this gray smog blanketing the beautiful autumn sky across Korea, uh, because this is actually the season to enjoy the beautiful, uh, the blue sky, actually. <laughs> 
But uh, yes, we did. We need to remember how to protect ourselves uh, from the fine dust, or uh, shall we say, an unwelcome <laughs> guest at this time of the year. Uh, well, first of all, most importantly, uh, experts do say it is very important to wear your face masks. And while these masks can filter out fine dust particles, they also do warn that they do not protect you from nitrogen oxide or any other hazardous uh, gas type toxins. Mm. So if you have weak or sensitive respiratory system, or if you also have uh, underlying illnesses, they say it is crucial that you stay indoors and refrain from spending too much time outside. Uh, also to note is the pregnant women, uh, because they may also suffer fetal growth re uh, restriction mm. and even premature birth when exposed to fine dust too often. So uh, they should also be very cautious. And in addition, we've been hearing this multiple and numerous times, but experts do put great emphasis on personal hygiene measures, such as washing of hands and face. And they also point out that it's really important to rinse your eyes as well, because it, dust particles can also easily go into your eyes. Mm. And I know... Uh, Many of you may must may want to refrain from opening the windows uh, for ventilation when you see the thick layers of fine dust outside. But experts do say ventilation is also uh, needed from time to time. Okay, so maybe allocate a certain time slots throughout the day to open up the windows mm -hmm. and then close and then wipe down That's my counters right. again. <laughs> That's right. For a very limited uh, amount of time, you should open the windows, but close them really quickly. <laughs> but you do need to have multiple times uh, to where you open open the windows and just get some fresh air into your uh, homes and your rooms as well. Yes, and it feels like you're just giving me a list of chores to do over the weekend. Thanks. We <laughs> <laughs> want you to stay healthy and safe. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Yosan, for joining us this week. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.